What's up, everyone? Welcome to Simulation. I'm your host, Alan Sakian. Very pumped to now be talking about acting and directing. We have Faye Ren joining us on the show. Hi, Faye. Hi, Alan. Nice to meet you. Thanks for coming oh, on nice the program. Nice to see you. <laughs> I know. Again. How cool was it that we got to meet on the flight from Vancouver oh, yeah. to San Francisco Yeah. and get a long, deep dive into acting, directing, spirituality. Mm -hmm. it was super fun. Very interesting conversation, yeah. The source <laughs> putting people together for such interesting reasons. Faye's background's great. She's an actor and director whose work focuses on telling stories to affect positive change. You can find all of her links in the bio below to her Instagram profile, IMDB profile, as well as her most recent appearance on Polar on Netflix. You guys can find that link in the bio below as well. Okay. On the flight. Uh -huh. We were talking so much about the nuances of acting and directing an art in general and yeah. what it can catalyze for other people when they awaken to these messages yeah. that you're trying to convey. Mm -hmm. So teach us about kind of your journey leading up to the point of where you figured out that you wanted to get involved and then what really lights your fire in mm -hmm. this field. I feel like um, when I got into acting at the beginning, it was more like finding a place of cathartic release um so it was a very selfish reason um but regardless that opened up a whole journey of self-discovery and 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 one thing really something i'm always passionate about whether it's acting and prior to that i've been modeling like i've been modeling for 10 11 years um was that the connection i felt during performance that something really frees me and makes me feel very empowered and I think with good storytelling, that's kind of what happens. It connects people and resonates. And I think that's what then the purpose for me to become a good actor is to convey better stories and then hopefully positively affects or awake people to. And, and, and also like when I was watching shows, the best shows, whether it's theater or movies, really taught me things and made me had that Big moment, yes. and it's. I think that's essentially what really excites me. Yeah, this is why I think we were resonating so deeply on the plane because we both saw it from the very macro level perspective of what art can do to inspire people and awaken mm -hmm. them. So, okay, so then the, the career rewinding back. So it was um, you're born in China, born and raised in, in China, China yeah. until around. 18. 18 or so yeah okay and then made the move to come to canada to i went canada. to ubc for psychology to ubc for psych that's right yes mm -hmm. you're telling me about this and then the university of british columbia is gorgeous i love that place and you studied psych there which mm -hmm. is awesome and then you started picking up modeling around that time yep okay and randomly got into it yeah through a charity show in school and then just start picking up as like and then went traveling for it and so I, I had two years kind of stopped uh schooling and traveled more for modeling and then i did like one semester both traveling and doing four classes online that burned me out and i was like okay i better come back and finish the school and then go back traveling for modeling but that's when my grandpa got really ill um with dementia and it made me realize oh well, first of all, I have to give up traveling and taking care of him. But it's also made me realize life is so short. You only 
live once as far as I can, I know, <laughs> and so I better live for myself. That's where I was like, always wanted to try out acting, so I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Wow. Sometimes it's really beautiful when we look at things from a.、Uh, Perspective of maybe these things are not happening、uh, to me in a way that harms me, but rather they're happening for、yeah. me and for our family to awaken us to certain things. And so,、yeah. um, for you, it was this fire under your butt that you know you have fifty more years of life to live, and do you want to do what you love every day? Yeah. And you know, and live、yeah. for other people's expectation or for myself. And I think my upbringing was very much about、uh, being a nice girl and pleasing, and a, a lot of、um, fulfill my parents' expectation. Which, I mean, no complaint. It, it brought me to beautiful places. But at the same time, there are part of myself that I've never really、um, uh, embraced, which was always artistic. But my parents always pushed me towards more. Safe route of science or or、um, commerce. That's what a lot of Chinese parents would feel safe about.、Um, Likewise, so, this goes into so many other cultures around the world、yeah. as well. Armenian, well, for myself as well, was、yeah. very heavy towards law or doctor or whatever、yeah. is most conventional. <laughs> I mean, I mean, art doesn't make stable money, and it's a re- really risky career. Like. My family, none of them are artists, so it's hard to imagine that as a career path. I didn't even imagine myself being able to do it now full time. But I think that's when you align your purpose with your passion, and the hard work actually can happen. It's not easy, <laughs> but it do it does happen. Yeah. And there's a.、Uh, There's a social fabric redesign that we're going through, hopefully, where it is more、uh, conducive for people to express themselves in the arts,、mm-hmm. uh, and that it is、um, people able to. Become that unique instrument that they want to play in this big symphony that's、mm-hmm. unfolding. That、yeah. is our consciousness evolution that's happening,、mm-hmm. and that being so important. There's been so many examples in the past of、uh, Lorenzo de Medici in Florence doing things like patroning Michelangelo da Vinci Botticelli, enabling the Italian Renaissance. There's other examples like even prior to、uh, any of the.、Uh, Uh, agrarian days, but going even back、uh, tens of thousands, hundred thousand plus years ago, there is just periods of time of just play. You just hunt, gather, and play, and that may story be storytell.、Mm-hmm. That may be through、uh, acting, singing, dancing, music、mm-hmm. of all sorts, and、yeah. um, that's such a core aspect of creativity and art is play. Yeah, and it creates the software of how we think and our values and moral compass in a lot of ways. Like if you think about the example that we learn how to conduct ourselves in school, we don't really teach that. We teach science and a lot of practical stuff, but how you learn about the nuances of social interaction is a lot from watching either around us or film and television. So yeah, storytelling is the way to. One one of the main facet, I think, to to contribute to the social programming or or like software programming for、yeah. our behaviors. Yeah. Oof. 
I like how you view it from a perspective of kind of like programming my uh, behaviors and my spirituality, my awareness, my consciousness with art and with um, creativity at young ages, with social emotional intelligence at young ages, makes it so that we're not kind of just stuck in the rational thinking uh, brain choking the heart style of life that we see basically the economic machinery of today doing that and preventing this example with parents preventing children from unleashing their inner artist uh, mm -hmm. due to the pressures of this machinery yeah yeah i want to ask you about this endeavor of yours with modeling and how it led you to uh, acting how it, mm -hmm. how did that transition happen well in modeling um it's very different because modeling um the actual live performance part is all fragmented because you get captured for that moment or the 30 minutes you are uh, 30 seconds you are on the runway so it's a very short time of performance. Um, but nonetheless, it's really, really alive when you do it well. And, um, and when I was entering the industry, that was like 10, 11 years ago, um, there was a lot of racial prejudice, which was very fun to, to have on, as a chip on the shoulder to prove them wrong in a way. Like uh, everybody literally tells me that they have one Asian model in the agency and they don't need any more because there's no demand. Or um, probably at that time, the working Asian model in Canada, it was like one or two that I know of. And a lot of shows I was in, it's like the only Asian. Um, so. That was interesting, and I'm also short, so it's like too hardwire kind of like a barrier um, that I had a lot of fun to prove people that, oh, I can still do this because I'm extra professional, I'm really working hard, and I have a lot of fun personality. So that's something I learned through modeling is like, oh, everybody's beautiful or unique looking one way or another but that's not what defined your booking or your success you could push that boundary by really committing and bring a different attitude and change your own game so i i went further than i thought i would and um, which to me is a very exciting journey and i learned a ton and i broke out of the comfort shell and through traveling it's just like so much i have to um learn about myself and how to um, step into the discomfort and really grow. So, yes. Yeah. This is a, another phenomenon that's seen in the, uh, the different countries around the world with the different uh, demographics um, of people. Yeah. So, given um, if you're a specific skin color or religion mm -hmm. or whatever way you want to identify yourself mm -hmm. in those specific areas, it may be harder to pursue a specific form of art mm -hmm. based on that. Um, and so, the sort of like egalitarian view of treating people equally in terms of based on their performance, based on their art, based on their spirit, based on their actual execution and creativity rather than based on their religion or their skin color or whatever. Yeah. So 
this is a very interesting, um, I think, transitory period that we're going through regarding that as well as our consciousness evolves um, towards seeing it more as a unity and seeing people more based on what art they actually express. Will, will you teach us what it means when you like model for like 30 seconds, you were saying, and then there's like, in a sense, you're doing like acting during that 30 yeah. seconds, you're acting like a model. Yeah, like, well, when you are on the runway, what you are trying to portray is whatever that collection the, the designer usually has a specific um, idea behind it. And then when you are on the runway, it's your work, uh, it's your job as a model to carry that, whether it's fierceness, it's androgyny, like whatever concept that they want to experience, um, to, to carry that out in on the runway. And usually it's like each look takes 30 seconds to like maybe two minutes if it's super long one. So you get that very quick time to really translate that. And mm. sometimes like hundreds of people watching the show has to feel it. Yes. And it's actually quite a, a adrenaline rush because you get that one try and then it's so alive. And when you do well and you do feel it and it's such a, um, a powerful, freeing feeling. At least for me, that was how uh, what draws me to runway. And then in front of camera, same thing. For that one moment with the lens, it's click, and then that become an image. Mm -hmm. And it's a very fragmented way. You pose, 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 and then each moment, it could be a very different idea that you are portraying. But again, for editorial or creative terminology and uh, modeling, where you just portraying a theme as well. So it's a lot exploring sexuality, a lot exploring female empowerment. Yeah. Um, I myself find during the time it was a lot to do with, oh, being fierce, like face brand, because uh, my bone structure and certain look that I gave is a lot to do with like the fierceness. So that becomes some traits that I never thought I would embrace because I told you I was upbringing is people pleasing and being overtly nice and compromising. But in modeling, it actually brings out a different side of me. Yeah. Well, there's a lot there. So one of them is that there's a certain, uh, there's a certain, this, this, what you're trying to represent with given what the designer has made with the clothing that they're um, aiming to um, display is uh, you, you have to carry a specific uh, persona or personality mm -hmm. with that. Yeah. Albeit you may have had a, you know, something happened earlier that day or a family member fell sick or mm -hmm. whatever it may be. There may be so many other components that you're kind of like juggling at the same time, but you have to, in that frame of time, yeah. be, I mean, it's kind of like this. We have our hour-long conversation, and you yeah. may be thinking about so many other things, and me too. But we have we're focused mm -hmm. on our conversation. And you have that, you know, minute or so slot. Mm -hmm. So, what is it like? What is a specific clothing or uh, that requires fierceness, and what's another one that requires androgyny? Like, what is that? That's usually depends on the designer, but I find right now, um, like. Cool trend is like a lot of uh, designers that are all exploring androgyny kind of concept where uh, a lot of clothes are both female and male. Like you, you see women wear a lot of oversized blazer. I, I think right now we are also in a different um, 
climate where、uh, women are not always expected to be a one way of sexy. So、yeah. it's an exciting time where you can be unique. Like even modeling industry start evolving, like different sizes and shapes, and you can have tattoo, you can have very short, like different hair, different gender ambiguity. Like it's exciting time. So I think that reflected with the time change, and and it really depends on the the designer. But they are artists too, so they're always exploring something that reflects、yeah. social change. Is、yeah. Is、um, optionality in makeup also? Oh yeah, everything. Every element of like、that's, how the、yeah. makeup changes, hair changes, like your the way you walk changes, body shape changes, like how、um, I think back in the day there was a period of like、um, sexy is more one way. Now it's like diverse and more acceptance to always of. Beings, so I think it's evolving. Yeah. yeah. You you beginning to give us all these different nuances to acting or to modeling kind of leads me into those are actually quite similar nuances of acting. Yeah. So the nuance of modeling actually have a lot to do with yeah acting. Yeah. So what was it like for you then to be like okay, I want to unleash even further towards、mm-hmm. acting. Uh, and that, how did you get that started? That was always in there. Like when I、um, when I was in high school, I did some drama, and then in university, all my side electives were like、um, film study, like art history, or I joined like theater clubs and did shows.、Um, so it's always something I want to explore, but I never truly commit into exploring until facing severe illness. From my grandpa, that I was like, "Oh, life short is、mm-hmm. short, so let's get on it." And that's where、um, I find I just I, I I went into it with the with the expectation, like not a, it as a career. I still had a full time job at the time, but I just wanted to do this for myself for once. And and then that. Evolve into more and more passion developed as I'm delving deeper into、uh, looking at myself, so that I can use part of myself and how to channel it for characters. Yes, yes. yes. And then as that evolve, like、um, my voice start changing. I used to talk very differently,、um, and my behavior change, how I view myself, my sexuality, everything start evolving. And spirituality comes in as well.、Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole journey become much more than oh, I want to do acting. Like I've never thought about it. Oh, I need to be famous or make a lot of money. No, it's just becoming a study of self. And acting always shifts so much, like project to project. Like as we will touch upon, I think like from filming Polar to like. Producing and leading lungs is completely different experience. Yes. So, so much to learn, and that's something I'm really excited about too. Because you can never learn enough. There's always something,、um, and I'm I'm just hungry for learning. So that's really. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah likewise, and that whole whole show is so premised on being hungry for learning, and also. Just、um, a quick bit on this before we move in. 
I feel as though sometimes this idea of portraying ourselves, whether it be modeling or acting uh, with a specific intent when we're trying to convey something like a fierceness or sexuality or an androgyny or whatever it may be, given that small frame. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of uh, the way that we um, communicate this uh, extended phenotype of ours out into the world where we're trying to we're trying to sell ourselves on all of our social profiles mm. a very specific way. Mm-hmm. And so there's a little bit of both. Yeah, I get it. But I also am trying to get people to like be, be kind of. Yeah, and be kind of cool with like you know having a little like chin sometime, or like you oh, know yeah. being like nah, you know on the you know just like be quirky, dorky, mm-hmm. um, uh, nerdy, geeky, uh, all fast like all different aspects of yourself. And I told you about I was training in clowning for the past yes, year. Yes, and yes, yes. In clowning, we talked about mask, and how I got into clowning was I wanted to. I told the teacher I was like I really need to just explore the authentic, like I want to know what Faye, who is Faye, like the most authentic、mm-hmm. version of myself. Because honestly, we always play mask somewhere. Like we always have a certain kind of identity、um, in all different situations. So, who is real me? Especially after playing so many characters, I was like, okay. But what what's me? What's other people like? Why am I able to do this choice or feel that emotion? And、um, and so I went in with the intention to really learn my authentic self. And my clown teacher ended up saying, "So what 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 do you think is authentic? Why why do you think all these other mask is not you? It、mm. could be you. It's just extension of you." And then like yeah. Of course, there's rooted value that、yes. now I think there's more authentic in, in consistency, in like what's your root, what you deeply believe and won't compromise, and then cross situation that will always guide you. But then, of course, we are always forced and shaped by circumstances, so we may choose different things, based on situation. But there is roots there. Yeah, I'm so excited to also talk about、um, this from this. You know, you heard me say a little bit ago this,、um, like this extended phenotype or the way that we share our、uh, our status in the hierarchy out to the world,、mm-hmm. uh, whether it be travel or whether it be through、um, always best version, best of version of ourselves.、Yes. And so, when you do something like、uh, work with these, like acting coaches on these things like clowning, you you kind of、um, You dive a little bit deeper into what is、um, practicing、uh, exaggerating these different personas.、You're、laughing at it. Yeah. So instead of being controlled by this, oh, I have this identity that I have to live up to, or、yeah. have this ego that、yeah. I'm wearing,、uh, it's more like. Honestly, my truth is, I'm aware this is a ego that I'm wearing right now, and I'm ha 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 ha,、yeah. and I can extend it and make it really funny, and then everybody can identify with it because yeah, everybody wears that at one point or another. So then it become a release, and it become a lesson. So people feel it's okay to release this certain kind of image, or to wear another image that is completely different. I I love that. So it's like,、uh, you know, if we were to 
uh, play right now and we were to say like ha 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 you are Alan and you have this show where you sit here in the chair and ask people all these questions and you know you kind of like make fun of yourself you're trying to get to the ultimate nature of reality and that's all that you care about and uh so you're Mr. King of the ultimate nature of reality you know and so that way we're just poking fun and over exaggerating yeah and then it has uh, it holds no power over you then it become not such a ego thing that you have to hold on tight to Because look at me, I'm just like so joyous right now. Just yeah. like, yeah, because it's hilarious doing this. Yeah. Uh, it's super fun. And yeah. the, uh, Miss Faye Wren, who's all about acting and modeling and, yeah. and directing and has all these great shows going on for her. And she knows that, that she has all these nuances to acting. Pretend that, uh, to be successful. <laughs> Pretend to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's such a beautiful journey with clowning because it really learned, like I really learned to not take myself too seriously yeah. and to develop that joy and to play. And I think with a lot of uh, acting training, um, certain different school of thought, I got a little bit too dark and too serious. And when you lose the joy, it shows in your work. It become a little bit too intense and it really carries into my body that I was telling you that yeah let's let's explore this one yeah Yeah. it actually brought me to a journey of healing myself because I I wasn't aware there's an emotional body yeah and uh, emotion like through imagination of all the character work my emotional body actually going through the trauma. Dude, let's break this down um, with the actual story. So this is mm-hmm. for, let's do the lungs. Let's do the lungs example. Yeah. Okay. So you were directing and uh, producing. I'm, and I'm producing, producing and, and leading. Because there was another yeah. director. Yeah. yeah. So producing and leading in lungs. Yeah. And uh, you were teaching me that this is very interesting because it's not. Uh, the set design does not have lights. It does not have props. It, yeah, the playwright Duncan McMillan. He's like uh, very specific on no set design, no light, no scene changes like that is indicated through anything. So and no miming. So everything is through relationship and dialogue. But it was crystal clear for the audience, and it's mm-hmm. time lapse of the whole uh, lifetime from the two person falling in love all the way until the death so, so there's a lot here because it it requires um the story like you said is the two person um falling in love until death but also that um in preparation for all of these performances so you have you know you have these performances in live theater settings and you're doing this uh over and over again mm-hmm. days at times yeah and you have to when you come in you have to no matter what happened that day, you have to calibrate your performing with your partner that you're performing with. So you have to do these deeply spiritual exercises of connecting to them through their eyes and doing that to ground yourself in that relationship. Yeah, Yeah. we touched upon, like you were mentioning eye contact as a spiritual exercise, but I was mentioning it's a very common exercise in acting. Yes. And... A lot of people in normal life, we call civilians, they're not comfortable with just like eye contact for an extensive length of period. But in acting, because, well, I have to portray this 
lifetime story, love story with this actor who is just my coworker and friend in real life.、Um, to portray that kind of chemistry on stage, we have to build connections. And whether it's through endowing, substituting, or like me imagining him as some other people that would、um, referencing to the story, or through just simply using eye contact to build that connection,、um, it's 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 a process. Like two hours before the show, usually we would、wow. have like warm ups、yeah. and. That's an athlete. Yeah, does. yeah, a lot of people、yeah. compare acting, especially theater acting, with、um, athletes because it is a, a craft and it is very physical. And、um, they do have some studies shows that、um, the actors, what they go through adrenaline-wise, is the same amount、uh, during acting, the same amount when they encounter a car accident. It's a、yeah. lot of adrenaline rush, and it's a lot of pressure because you're performing live. You kind of can't fail, and you have three months prior to really exercise everything. Or we had three months prior to to really rehearse. But still, there are so much elements that could go wrong, and you have to trust the process. And so all you can do is preparation and do as much as you can, and then you just. Let go of the work and、yes. allow it be. Be 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 that channel.、Mm-hmm. So, but you prepare your channel through those two hours of prep before the shows, and then okay. Now this is where we were, you were starting to explain this to us. So, then you take on the actual spirit of the character in the play itself. Yeah. Well, I would explain it like, for example, I I would have already taken on the character for a while. For, for the two hours. So then, yeah, all yeah. my muscle memories <laughs> from months of、um, rehearsal is there. Yeah. So me、wow. is not really as fey. It's it's my friend during the time said my speech rhythm everything is quite off compared to normal fey. Um, so they know that it's the character. After they saw the show, they were like, "Oh, that's why Faye is acting weird because she is carrying on the character." But it's more ex-、uh, like concentrated during the show, and then because the show has so much, like we delve into heavy topic of like miscarriage, like betrayal, and then like there's a lot of love and loss. You go through those roller coasters, and you don't really heal from it. So at the end of the each night,、um, my body is really felt like being hit by a truck. Like it was literally in pain all over the place. So for me, it become very very important to find a a place where I can release it. Because you, you took on miscarriage, you took on betrayal, you took on these through imagination, through imagination. and through these Act- emotional、yes. uh, response, right? You're trying、and、to convince, you're trying to sell the audience on the yeah, story. Yeah. So you have to be really good at yeah, and and、it. and so your body can't distinguish whether it happened or not. All it had is like it felt like it went through a lot, and. And that's where your stamina as actor has to be really good because you carry it night after night, and then you have to be okay and functional as a human being. You can't be like, okay, I'm gonna use this part of my trauma, and but no, it's that part of trauma only on stage exists for five minutes, and then you have to heal and move on. So how you can be okay with it? That's become where craft kicks kicks in, like. 
it's not just instinctually like blah, vomit it out. It's like you have to reproduce it night after night to some extent. It can vary in performance, but um, the given circumstances force you to react to the specific trauma, right? So, so yeah. your body, like as an actor, I think a lot of studios doesn't really teach about, they teach us how to get into the acting, uh, get into the character, but not so much about how to get out. That become my journey the past year to try to figure out how do I get out safely? How do I release it? So then I don't need to have this affecting my real life <laughs> and I can have a, a functioning body. Like I get to a place I was so burned out last year. I was like pain, like just tension in the muscles, like nothing can really work and I can't sleep. I can't breathe well. Like it start affecting my life, my work, like everything. So. So there has to be some sort of a process for actors to do things like take uh, what they've been channeling on the set through the communication of the performance, mm -hmm. but then be able to somehow energetically kind of like release shake it. it, release it. You have to it. release it. And that's yeah. what my clown teacher taught really well is like, each time when we put on a mask, there's a ritual like, okay, now it's the mask on. And then he was really, really particular about you come off the performance, you take off the mask and go back to your ringmaster. And that's something I find it's a really good, um, yeah. like a diligent thing you have to do as actor. Like yeah. you have to take off the, um, the, the character at the end of the night as at the best, uh, possible way i love your focus on ritual it's a ritual to put on the mask it's yeah. a ritual to take off the yeah. mask or routine right or routine yeah so um for for the lungs it's um so because of the over the year trying to find a ways of healing um the, i i collected some different ways but one of them is um dancing turned out to be really good yeah and i've I've had a talks with different people healing from like deep grief or trauma that actively dancing to happy things and really having a diaphragm laugh, like those yeah. deep giggle really helps because it yeah. brings you into that childlike quality where it's full of joy and innocence and love. I love it. And and you, you reprogram your body into like a joy state instead of always stuck in kind of heavy energy yeah. and through dance like um, my clown teacher also said this like um, he said animals when they are in shock and they freeze and then after they're they know they're safe they kind of like <laughs> like <laughs> release it yeah, right yeah, yeah. but we as human when we are like experiencing something in life right now in modern days we don't go out and release it consciously we, we like dwell and ruminate. yeah we kind of just like sit in it and it's yeah. stuck in your body and so we start eating and distracting ourselves mm -hmm. with social media yeah yeah or or yeah like, we can physically hack yeah uh the energetic release yeah and um, that's why a lot of people choose to exercise when they feel yeah, stressed exactly yeah. exercise yeah. well exercise is a great way but i i'm not into gym so 
for me, it's like silly just dance silly at home. Silly dance, yeah, yeah. And then, and then I can meditate. Make and yourself laugh. Calm down, yeah. To that childlike state of love, innocence, yeah. purity. Um, tell us the story of uh, after you do this performance. Um, you have this specific segment in there that ends up awakening one of the audience members mm -hmm. that had um, uh, an instance, similar instance with his girlfriend. Yeah, um, well, that's something I find it's quite common with good stories. Like uh, this story, uh, there was moment of dealing with grief very differently. So my character went through miscarriage and then my partner, like my uh boyfriend in the play wasn't giving me enough space and he made it mostly about himself or trying to get emotional reassurance when I'm depressed and kind of closed off and my character was just asking for holding the space where he was trying to guilt trip me and eventually cheated on me so that's that's the storyline but to have that in the play and one of my friend he came to watch the show and had a realization of why his ex and him didn't work out after the postpartum depression. He finally understood what she was asking him of because she couldn't articulate maybe or she wasn't able to get through him about she just needed him to be a bigger person and hold the space for her instead of telling her what to do and try to fix it all the time. And so all she needed was was for him to hold that space. But of course, it's grieving for everybody and shifts for everybody, right? So like, it's the, how this kind of couple communication was failing on stage awakens or, or shows the other person, oh, I understand my life. Like what happened, yeah. maybe not do that again. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I love that story. So the combination of really good story with really good acting can uh, trigger people to um, realize uh, some of their past and um, the way that they may have uh, can see it from a new lens that shows them it more clearly yeah. um, and integrates some of the awakening states within them yeah. through being a guest at yeah. an art performance that's why i think theater is so important because you actually feel the energy of the the, the actor uh you really feel it i rarely well with movies and things like that i do cry but it's very rare but with theater if it's good usually it's so impactful because you really see and witness a person going through things and you really care about them with good acting like good writing you start really going the journey with the actor and then everybody in the black seats like uh, audience seats is usually dark you really can project yourself onto them and and learning through that journey so i think that's a really powerful form of art that i too bad we don't we don't really not many cities make living <laughs> like have a good theater support yeah that circles us to the importance of the arts and humanities and unleashing that into the world yeah um okay also um this is quite different from uh something like a netflix produced show like polar mm -hmm. so uh with lungs you're doing um 
well, how many performances was it over how long of a period of time? Uh, we did a 11 over three weeks. 11 over three weeks. Mm -hmm. And then um, these are very like ticket sales at theaters. And then you guys try and raise money to be able to do more art and performance and theater versus these like big budget netflix shows that mm -hmm. have like people flying from around the world into mm -hmm. you guys were on site in was it montreal or toronto toronto, toronto. is toronto yeah. on site in toronto and like yeah. you're like filming for four months just filming four yeah. months with like actual really high quality cameras and yeah. like there's going to be so much post-production that happens this is a completely different animal yeah mm -hmm. yeah. yeah where um this one, like a uh, Netflix one, it feels like I'm a little, little um, screw on a big machine. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> Where on the lens is literally two actors, so two person play yeah. with like four producing partners. So it's like, get on it. Yes. And you're nobody can fail everybody has to to be there and really show up uh, otherwise it's just extremely challenging where the other one is like hundreds of people on it um, but with that one interestingly um, it was a beautiful learning experience as well um, of course there's ego start kicking in it's like whoa this is Hollywood and all these famous people I get to talk to and befriend with and um, it's a different challenge for artistic concentration, I think. And, and the set is really um, um, a lot of shifts happening on the set all the time with film acting, I find. Um, it's different from theater. It's like one experience you live through the whole, whole thing in that two hours or an hour and a half. Where on set is like the scene was all not chronological and it's chopped up into yeah, yeah, this is very crazy. small yeah, pieces yeah, yeah. so is it like as short as just a you know a, a minute scene or like a couple minute scene and that sometimes the end of the movie can be or middle of the movie can be being done at the beginning of the yeah. time frame yeah it's always chopped up so it yeah. depends on the location so the beginning of the movie we shot like three months after we wrapped because we have to wait for the weather to become summer yeah. And, but then we have to know what's the b before moment and what has happened so far. Yeah. So I think that's something. And also, like, there are so many people on set. We were shooting a lot on locations. There's a lot of things that just very distracting. So to, to be able to focus and to, to deliver the work when the time is up or, or when it's your time, that's. That's kind of a big challenge I learned. And to, to, to understand that I learned a lot from working with these amazing actors who are famous already and they, they have no ego. And I'm just like, oh, that's refreshing because they were just passionate about work. That's great. And yeah. uh, they weren't like playing hierarchies and yeah. they weren't like, yeah. oh, I have way bigger trailers or take me seriously. They just like, <laughs> they're just so down to earth. So. Excellent. Oh, I yeah. love hearing that. Yeah. That's great. So it's very uh, different from what I heard about oh, yes, yes. Hollywood and yes. da, da, da. And everybody is deeply passionate and experienced. So that was a really beautiful experience to learn. 
I, I also encountered like my own ego in terms of like, oh, I don't think I deserve to be there. <laughs> so my insecurities start popping out. And, um, and to overcome that and not make it about me, make it about the character and where my character has to be super confident. So it's, it's an interesting thing to play. Yeah. To, to bring into the character where maybe deeply, deep down, she isn't that confident, but the more insecure she felt, she, she more so have to prove herself. And that's usually the case in real life, too. Yeah. I'm happy that you shared with us that uh, there are aspects of Hollywood that ha are in the more egoless um, for the art, um, for the inspiration side of things, mm -hmm. because uh, we have a very uh, one way usually meme that comes from Hollywood. Uh, which is ego-filled, conspicuous consumption-filled. Mm -hmm. um, so it's good to it's good to hear that side of things, and yeah. hopefully we can, as we awaken, we catalyze more of that good side, the benevolent side of it for the arts, for the inspiration, not for the ego. I um, think that yeah, for good artists, it's usually like you have to have some level of ego death. And, and so if you look at all these Hollywood stars when they are doing interviews, a lot of them are very grounded and they are saying really important things that are social conscious and really focus on craft. I think it's how we social package them because like there are scandals and all these little stories popping out, which is not necessarily them. It's maybe people projecting on it that happens or, or if, yeah, there will be negative story, but that's kind of in every industry, right? There will be negative stereotypes by a few individuals that really pops out and give that impression of ho what Hollywood is. But I think wherever the good artists, like good artists and everything, they will be, they have to be, you know, a certain level decent human and able to take that ego suits out. Part of that also speaks to me about how if we can figure out uh, which uh, people in Hollywood, which people in Silicon Valley that run the biggest companies here or the ones that run the, the billionaires of the world or the ones that are leading countries of the world, if we can figure out which ones have the deepest states of actual true ego loss and true feelings of interconnectedness with other humans and the environment uh, that will in a sense if you take like the biometric state of jeff bezos and you take the biometric state of the dalai lama and you try and compare those two their their the state of their eeg fmri the state of their ekg their heart the state of their microbiome like what do they actually what is their auric energy expressing on a moment-to-moment -moment basis? That can actually help so much with Hollywood being able to tell who's got it for the ego and for the materialism, who's in it for the actual acting and inspiration of other people. I think usually we can tell without all these like Scientific, actual science. It would yeah, be yeah. interesting to study and have yes, the data. Yes, yes. But I think it's you usually get a pretty good handle just by interacting with people. But then it's also subjective, which is a problem. Albeit, um, you and I can have fun with it subjectively, and mm -hmm. that's really great when you and I say that. Oh, this person had more ego acting. This one has 
has less, right? Yeah. But then when we can objectively measure it with biometrics, I can basically share raw data with the rest of the world and mm -hmm. say that, hey, this is the raw data. This is not Faye and Alan talking about how we feel about someone. This is raw data that does not lie and it has been proven longitudinally five weeks measuring every single day this person's biometric state of their consciousness so i think that whole aspect of of things is going to be this actually leads me to the next point which is about spiritual awakening in general mm -hmm. because the uh, you basically in the last i think year or so have been going through more and more awakening yourself mm -hmm. and that immediately started butterflying effect for you into your family, into your friends. Mm -hmm. um, so it was kind of like, in a sense, it's no longer um, as easy for uh, a friend to just come and kind of like monopolize on your time and just kind of, as people sometimes say, um, vampirically uh, try and draw as much energy out to kind of fill their themselves. Mm -hmm. But rather, you know, you're not you're not willing to do that as much. Um, you're willing to focus in more on trying to make a big picture splash to thousands or even hundreds of thousands, hopefully, of people in the world through what you do um, instead of just that one-on-one -on -one exchange or your parents in the sense of this happens to me, it happens to all of us as we awaken. We no longer react to the ways that we get triggered by our families. Um, so all of a sudden, your family is sitting there and they're just you know, sometimes they're just yelling or they're just being negative for, you know, three minutes straight on just chewing you out for something. And then you just sit there and you're just looking at them with love mm -hmm. and you just don't say anything. And they go, why are you, what do you, and all of a sudden they, sometimes they start like crying themselves just because you're there present with them in a state of unconditional love. Teach us about your stories with awakening and how it's affected your family, friends. I, um, so my personal journey, I feel, I feel like it was quite lucky because I have a group of really beautiful people around me that are awakening at the same time. I think we just positively affecting each other and constantly sharing our journey together. And, um, and really started a meditation when I was filming Polar because after filming, I was just in a different time zone or film until 4 a.m. and then I have to sleep at the odd hours. And I just started meditating to sleep. And that opened a different portal eventually to like, oh, I can actually try to meditate to raise myself into a different, more mindful way of thinking. And, um, um, and then like, so, so many different things. Uh, uh, going back to with acting, some of the character, emotional body, I start to have issues. So I start manifesting illness that um, that no specialist can explain or they were like, oh, it shows that you're fine, but I'm experiencing pain. And uh, they were like, oh, then that must be like psychological and yeah. da da da. And so I was forced to be like, okay, so now there's no medicine, n no specialist can help me, so what can I do? And I went into this, I, I, I had a really beautiful uh, acupuncturist to, to help me to um, heal. And it was dealing with just 
acupuncture and guided meditation, but dealing with emotionally and psychologically um, channeling like positive light into different part of my body. Yeah. And really breathe through it. And of course, I also had a really amazing therapist that really helped me to uh, uproot some of my past that formed a certain negative pattern that developed a lot of victim thinking or very uh, self-sabotaging way of talking. And that, to build that awareness and then start to accept it, oh, that's part of me from before and maybe no longer serving me and now i have to like now i know better i have to choose a different way that is more positive really helped me so it's like wow. hand in hand from both psychologists and also these holistic like healing yeah um and with those things happening i start become very aware of my energy um just like in terms of my bodies are very in tune with so one of my one of my psychologists used to tell me that oh you have to connect your uh, rational brain with your gut feeling or intuition i'm like but how how yeah so uh yeah past year i felt like i developed developed a pretty good into listening to my gut feelings so or listening to my body in general so if i have yeah. hanging out with certain people that before I would afterwards go back and have a headache or something and I would ignore it and thinking that's something wrong with my body. Now I would be reflecting, was that too much energy consuming? What's the dynamic in that relationship made me my, maybe my body is sending me some kind of signal. Yeah, absolutely. And it was really interesting how since the summer until now, I was like, oh, there are certain situations or certain people that after the hangout, I would have headaches. I would have all these physical symptoms. That was really the moment I did meditation, clear out negative energy or recharging with meditation, trying to imagine lights into my body, that I'm fine. So I don't need Advil. I don't need any kind, I'm not sick in any way. It just energetically, I was leaking. So now I'm thinking more in those terms and really helped me to guide who I choose to be around and what kind of job I would choose to do. And I think that's what I essentially think it's mind with body in tune together. So my and my body telling me something and my my mind is like, okay, analyze, realizing maybe this is the case and then did a few try and error and that's where I become more in tune. And then with the friends and family, it's like my family, because before I would be more the fixer of the home. So I always deal with their issues. Uh, always have this codependent relationship where I feel like a martyr. I feel like self-worth goes up if I can fix them in some way. But then that just perpetually disempowered them to solve their own issue. And yeah. it built a really different kind of toxic in some way relationship um i get burned out um as well so yeah. now i'm yeah. like learning that okay yeah. i can set boundaries with my family yeah and tell them by the way it's not okay to just dump it on yep. especially when i'm not well so now they would still ask for help but with the mindfulness they would be like how are you doing we don't want to bother you with this 
but we're kind of experiencing this. But because I have so many tools now that yeah. how to deal with situation, I would be offering yeah. the tools, but without being feeling like, oh, I have to really fix it for them. So it's like learn to detach with love, but also mm. just um, just know that it's not my responsibility. And then they That's had to step one, yeah. up. Yeah. So in turn, that they are, and also they see positive shift in me. Mm-hmm. So whatever I'm telling them, I'm no longer just like, oh, do this, do that. It's more like I attracted them to trying to experience what I'm experiencing. So they're like, oh, she's been always meditating around us, and it seems like she's doing well. Before they would talk while I'm meditating, but now they're like, oh, she's meditating. Okay, we will just let her be. And then they would be quiet, but wow. then they, at the same time, I think it's affected by it. Yeah, the collective consciousness. Yeah, yeah. and so that was a beautiful thing to see. Like, yes. okay, they are shifting, and there were so many beautiful things that I yes. start discovering with my family. There's a new relationship built, more deep dialogue with emotional exchange with my father. We start expressing like my parents has never said, a, "I love you." It's just not. My family culture. I've heard this before. So yeah. Yes, yes. So it's like. Whereas rec- my mom and I are saying it to each other all the time. Yeah. 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 But then recently, like my parents would say things. They use action and they use food to express love. That's so I the, never doubt what, their love. Exactly. For me. There's other ways to express yeah. love. Yeah. But they never it. said yeah. those words. But now they're learning new love language mm. because of it, uh, because of all the work and the communication. So now my parents start saying "I love you," which is wow. huge at my age. Wow! Started from probably last month. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Yeah. So, Whoa! Those are huge shifts. Those are huge shifts. It's huge shift for them. They never expressed it in their life to start being comfortable to express it, and for me to express back that they feel loved and they they start doing things differently and reacting to their life choice differently so that was yeah. really beautiful to see wow there's a couple things here one of them is that um i was just having a call with a close friend of mine last night who continues to pile on the importance of his business and he's sacrificing his well-being while he's doing that and uh it's so interesting talking to entrepreneurs, artists, different types of creative people that are trying to build the next world, build the future. And in the process of trying to bring their unique gifts into the world, play their unique instrument to the symphony, they put their wellness on the back seat, thinking that by doing so, they can focus more on their business, their creativity, etc. Mm-hmm. But really, if you up your time on your wellness if you stop the smoking of the cigarettes stop the drinking of the soda stop the drinking of the alcohol uh exercise more sleep better all these types of basic basic things all of a sudden your productivity and your focus and your ideas on where you need to uh be passing your time every single day will make it so that your business and your creative all that stuff actually becomes even more efficient Mm -hmm. than when you were trying to sleep only three hours a night or trying to etc so that point of the relationship between the 
instrument that's being played in the symphony and the actual individual like vehicle that the instrument is being played through the vehicle itself being in peak shape makes it so that the instrument is played in its peak performance mm -hmm. basically um and then this other point that you mentioned i think is really good is it's like it's this is so much about skillful spirituality we've done some episodes on it too and it's not just about um probably the most common way that it's portrayed right now in this like skillful spirituality way is that it's not necessarily about uh, you making an influence on someone else and feeling like you are responsible for making that influence, but rather it's something more along the lines of being so skillful and being so strategic that you're kind of you yourself unconditional love interconnectedness all the time and you carrying that around as an aura makes it so that other people can't they themselves can't trigger you mm -hmm. and then they themselves see your peace and tranquility in their mirror mm -hmm. and they realize fuck i've just been yelling or like being negative or mm -hmm. or just maybe i should respect the person that's sitting there and meditating why am i starting to feel more calm and more at love mm -hmm. um but it's also hard because our family members are some of the people or our partners are some of the people in our relationships or the ones that are business relationships too that we think that it's our responsibility to change to help them see their worldview and stuff like that and really it's um by being our best we catalyze the other person to be their best mm -hmm. and um it's so hard with like especially like a family member um because it may not even be this is really hard to say but it may not even be in this lifetime for them to learn the specific lesson that they need to learn so mm -hmm. not only is it not you potentially but they may go until 70 or 80 years of age and die without ever learning that specific lesson that they're supposed to learn mm -hmm. um and that's just that's just the way that life goes it may yeah. come up later for them if they if that is how things work which many people do and say also so. i think generationally um i mean our generation is pretty uh, like at least in this part of the world we grew up in a peaceful environment and we're not traumatized by layered trauma by war and all that my grandparents they experience all that so their coping mechanism throughout that period is block off their whole emotional being so they can survive through those severe terrible things happened to them and so for their lifetime their mission is not to have spiritual awakening their mission is to survive so their offspring can hopefully have another level of living yeah. and so i think that's totally fine like if if i have no expectation of my grandparents have any changes because they've been through so much for them to be able to provide for us like i have nothing but gratitude <laughs> like yeah uh, wow that's a great way to put it too yeah and and but at the same time my grandparents are changing too beautifully yeah. and it was um like um, grandpa has dementia specifically but even like when i go into the house before i would feel really deeply sad and stressed for not able to help him more to release his mental pain uh, or confusion but now i would go in with like meditation music for removing negative energy 
And it's crazy the shift it happens. Wow! Because Grandpa would be having his hallucination episode, and sometimes it's really distressing. So I know that he's having a bad time. But as I'm playing these things, slowly he will calm down. And I I don't know if actually it works. Like I don't know the scientific、uh, study behind how it works, or if there is. I think I can maybe take、it. a small、uh, guess at it, which is that.、Um, If they themselves don't immediately get triggered by you being at peace or trying to play some thing to alter their mood, which sometimes they do and just tell you to stop, and then you're like, okay. But if you just continue in the state of peace, I mean, that's not something that you can technically stop. But、uh, then what happens usually, at least physiologically, that it seems like is there something to do with not only the orc and energetic states, but also on a physiological level, neurological level, near、like, neurons.、Safe. Yeah. Yeah. Safety decreases in cortisol, increases、mm-hmm. in oxytocin, things like that. We're、yeah. trying to understand it better, but I think those are some of the most like bare bones ways of of trying to trying to put it. Yeah. Yeah. So I I feel like even them start shifting, and now they express more gratitude, which never happened before, and it brings them joy, brings me joy, and. The relationship starts shifting in a different way. Instead of like blaming or complaining all the time, it's it's in a higher frequency of vibration. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I feel like so many people around the world crave that、uh, next、uh, awakening for some of their family members. So、mm-hmm. it's actually really important that you're talking about it on the program and.、Um, mm-hmm. And it seems like actually a lot of your acting and modeling kind of like principles led you to become a better、um, human, s- human and,、yeah. and spiritualist in the sense that you are、um, you are at play with the energies of your family members in a more tactful yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. I think with acting, also reading all these stories, you really start learning different ways of lives and. And essentially, almost all the stories comes down to love and communication. <laughs> so I think with a lot of spirituality come to play is about communicating better, sharing sharing that love better. Because、um, we touched on a little bit of、uh, I was saying you were telling me the concept of you believed a god was like. Uh, embedded in every one of us and in everything. Yeah. And I was talking my ther like my therapist, not my therapist, my、um, acupuncturist. She was talking about、um, how、uh, consciousness, universal consciousness, is kind of a trickles down. There's a logic behind it, and it's behind everything that we create. It's from Source or however you call it, exactly. But there is an intelligence behind it, and yes, yes. And we can,、um, we can, like, if we each individually changes and heals, yeah. And we don't project and release negative, like, not mindful, like, energy. We know that okay, we it's not another person's responsibility, and we are. Not projecting more negative things out there, things will butterfly shifts into a positive、yeah. place. And there was a quote that I wrote: "It's like if you want to heal the world, heal yourself first." Exactly. And I really feel that now. Like as I'm healing better, things around me 
just getting better. And I, I really, there was one point I asked my、uh, therapist. I was like, well, with my family being like this, with me choosing art,、um, there will be always unstable, like drama, and yeah, yeah. all these things happen. How do I get to peace?、Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's. What you have as peaceful is not really external; it's internal.、Mm-hmm. So you have to find your own value and how you can be peace within the situation that you are in, because these things will always be there. Yeah. So then that really shifted, starting from like multiple things. But but I find okay internally I'm shifting, externally things still happening, but I'm coping better. They're shifting better. Everything starts shifting. So, I love it. Oh,、yeah. this is so warming for my heart, and I hope for other people.、Uh, this is something that's these nodes in our social network are the closest to us: our family members, our partners, and our relationships、mm-hmm. and our businesses, etc. And so, to、um, to master this skillfully、um, is、uh, a deep process of self work and anchoring the divine and healing through us. And then also realizing tactfully, spirit, spiritually, skillfully understanding how to engage with those nodes around us to not have unnecessary moments of suffering to catalyze more moments of awakening.、Mm-hmm. Love this.、Mm-hmm. Also on the plane while we were flying, you had a honeysuckle.、Mm-hmm. I thought this was so interesting when we pulled this up because this is something that.、Um, I think has a lot to do with the evolution of consciousness of spirituality, which is that when you take something that looks like you know thousands or even tens of thousands of years of lineage and history around knowing how to engage with plants medicinally,、uh, knowing how to engage with animals in a healing and therapeutic way,、mm-hmm. versus the killing、uh, millions of chickens per hour for food、uh, and for Treating、uh, pharmaceuticals as the only solution for、uh, for healing certain ailments of the body. When we looked up honeysuckle, which is something that you had with you,、um, that you can pour into just a dry form into hot water and stir it up and drink、mm-hmm. it,、um, and that has、uh, thousands of years of lineage of understanding of a healing properties versus something that is、uh, when we look it up on Baidu. Which is China's most popular search engine.、Um, that honeysuckle comes up immediately with like therapeutic properties, and you're looking at it, and it's like plant medicine style. And on、uh, Google, when you look up honeysuckle, it's、uh, it's a plant. It's a plant, and it also、um, the only source of it's like buried the source of the medicinal benefits, and it's on like WebMD,、yeah. um, and even then, it's not even that、um, studied, studied or、it's, cared about.、Yeah. It's like、uh, go look at the pharmaceutical solutions for these things instead、yeah. of plants. Yeah, it's a, well, my mom is、um, she's she's chief as a physician in、uh, specialized for kidney. But、uh, in in her hospital is combination of Western medicine and Chinese traditional herbal medicine. Yes.、Um, and that's with her, within her practice. That's the most effective way. And I think it's such a shame that in the North American like in the medical world, I think herbal medicine is not taken seriously. Yeah.、Um, but like like I said, the honeysuckle is such a simple. Uh, herbal medicine, and 
and I had the flu, and the next day I was okay. So、uh. it was so effective compared to like any kind of flu medication I can get in the market here. But I don't know if you can actually buy it here. Probably、um, at some of the、uh, most no, herbal like, stores. Yeah, natural path. Your、um, teaching there of your so your mom does a specialist work in kidneys in the hospital. Yeah. When、uh, when you say that the focus is both with Western medicine with Eastern medicine,、mm-hmm. uh, what I think is、uh, holistic. What holistic. comes to mind? Exactly. Holistic. Yeah, holistic. Because otherwise, it's just a, it's just. It's kind of like rationality and intuition, or science and spirituality. All these different ways of viewing the same thing, which is marrying these two to make it so that you have a whole idea of life, reality,、mm-hmm. healing, medicine. Yeah,、uh, a lot of Chinese traditional medicine, I think, is more about the healing from the root. So it's、yeah. not symptom based. It's more like、yes. okay, which part, what what happened to that part? Let's correct that part. Um, so it's slower, but Western medicine suppresses the symptoms, so you are not suffering as much,、uh, and it's quick. But then, does it heal?、Um, some are, but yeah, like、uh, I think a lot of medicine we can get at the counter is very symptom-based for those flu or cold or cough.、Um, so in those cases, I think it would be interesting to explore more holistic ways for for us. For North America, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And、uh, I want to ask you a couple other quick thoughts、uh, on the way out.、Uh, one of the questions is if you think that we're all one. Yeah. Well, like, undeniably, I think.、Mm, we gave so much labels and everything. But come down to it, it's all human ego, and it's just a way of feeling superior or, or like psychologically. They have study, right? Once you label them into them and us, there is conflict and competition. Yeah. But it's just random study where they just labeled the same classroom of people, and they're all just people. And I think in society, in the large scale, and that's what we do. It's like we label them by countries or by race, by religion, or by gender or whatever. But come down to it, we're just people. And same with animals. Yeah, and plants, like part of the earth. Yes. Yeah. Really warming. Yeah. Yeah. And my naturopath said this thing that was really beautiful. She's like, "Oh, the the original like source is all love." Yeah. And we were born with a lot of unconditional love. Yes. And know how to love and yes, learn yes. how to receive love.、Yes. We、uh, we know how、yes. to receive love. And then, as the social programming、yes. goes, some of that we are forgotten or being buried by fear. Yeah.、Um, so I think now we're just seeing a different social movement of learning to unprogram that fear, recognize certain fear is not serving us, and or not allowing the fear to control us, and just just go back to that loving state. Hopefully. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's such a vital pillar of our next world. Yeah. Having that unconditional love from birth until death and a social fabric that makes it so that it's yeah. just that is all that the option is there is no option for yeah. the fear and for um it, it makes well, me fear is useful uh is a useful information but not letting it control us right um we're just yeah. like a lot of marketing is using fear and um and it's always not enough and everything so we just keep consuming and feeling more holes but this just feel ourselves yes. with love yes this creation though has the exact recipe for being most beautiful or challenging or evolutionary or growth oriented because there are those feelings of challenge and pressure coming from the sides of good and evil or whatever, however you want to view it. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about good and evil where um, I was talking about there's an indigenous story of like the white and black yeah. wolf. Yeah, they share it. And then they are fighting. And then the kid asks the, the elder, it's like, well, the elder was saying that within us, everybody has a white and black wolf and always fighting, yes. uh, never killing each other. But the yes. kid was like, then how do we know who's gonna win? And then the elder said, um, whomever you feed. Yeah. So always feed, I, I don't like to say white and black wolf. Let's just say light and dark. Light and darker, just yeah. always feed love. Feed love. Feed love. So whatever represents yeah. light and love, harmony, peace if we feed more into it instead of the fear ego and anger um yeah so that's that's something that next stage i will practice is to because i was recognizing accepting a lot of my pattern that weren't serving me but instead of keep talking about these patterns i will put more of my energy onto the pattern that now i have accepted as new programming that i know now how to choose Hopefully. Well, it's well constantly evolve, but now I know what's serving me better. And hopefully I will feed into those options more. Yeah. I must mention this, that this whole idea of going towards light and picking light and all this st type of stuff, that it is also deeply visible in the way that we as a society are starting to uh, call things like light purity and people's skin color people want to be more light they want to marry people that are more light they want their babies to be more light so in a sense people of darker skin tones are in a sense disadvantaged in that in that sense and i think that's also very interesting to think about is if we label this light and dark and and feeding light as love then we see dark or darker skin tone as something that can again just this is a tough thing so is there a way to maybe view a darker skin tone as also love and feeding that as love and then you know maybe seeing sometimes a whiter skin tone can be evil 
and we can see that through many of the times and the way that people are um, feeding their own uh, psychopathic egos at the top of corporations and countries and um, wealth uh, in general, conspicuous consumption, all these types of things uh, and stomping on the shoulders of other people on their climbs up. So I think that that could be another interesting component to uh, our view on that. Yeah, so let's not call it different colors and like since we're right now in a sensitive time period where colors of the skin plays so much in politics and villainized in so many ways or or different conflicts around the skin color let's just call it fitting into the love more fitting into the love love peace and harmony versus versus hate fear fear, like distraction i like that i like that so but it serves its purpose in creation fear hate etc serves its purpose it has evolutionary shouldn't take over Over. and shouldn't be the drive for us And and the more that we feel the love and that clearly we anchor our uh those feelings of love in our own vehicular channel that is our body and then it makes it so that we can oracly bring forth that into our families our communities our unique instrument that's being played Mm -hmm. that's how that's how it really deeply feels and Mm -hmm. i feel really good i have one more question um what do you think is most beautiful wow that's a huge question (laughs) uh most beautiful uh i think love love is yeah self-love love between people love between family friends everything love between the animals the things yeah yeah I, I love I love that answer and the breakdown of of, of it. Yeah, because um, tapping into that is potentially one of the um, most upstream things that we must come together on and solve yeah. to solve one, all the downstream issues. Yeah, just a thought. Like one of my girlfriend told me this that um, she started spending twenty minutes a day telling each part of her body how much she loved them and appreciates them that's great i find that was so refreshing yeah because think about how much especially now with social media how much we do to compare and say those negative things to do to ourselves and if we can reverse that yeah and then how that are gonna affect other people Mm -hmm. just look at the hands the Our hands hand is magical doing everything doing for, us. So much Since, for us and feet to feet yeah feet and if hands you think about you yeah yeah like, those two specifically need lots of love because they don't get it brain heart gut get lots of love more so than yeah. hands and feet get yeah. very very little I yeah love you. i know <laughs> i know i know so then you know being able to trip out on that love for it is uh a crucial towards building that great future so mm-hmm. Faye, this has been so fun thank you so much alan thanks for coming thank on you. the program thank you thank this you. is so beautiful that i just met two days before on the airplane yeah <laughs> yeah yeah thank you for talking to me you're so welcome mm-hmm. thanks for all your great work source has all these ways of 
piecing together the puzzle pieces to play in the symphony and yeah 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 yeah. that's how that's how this totally feels i love it thanks everyone for tuning in we greatly appreciate it we'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments below on the episode let us know what you're thinking do have more conversations with your friends families coworkers, people online about acting about directing about modeling about spiritual awakening about all the things that faye was teaching us on the program today check out all of her links in the bio below as well go follow her on instagram her page is great go follow check out the imdb page also check out polar on netflix as well All those links are in the bio below and also support the artists the entrepreneurs the spiritual leaders in your communities and around the world support them help them grow you can find all of our links to our show in the bio below to our paypal patreon cryptocurrency you can design cool merch and get paid all those links are in the bio below and go (laughs) and build the future everyone manifest your dreams into the world we love you very much thank you for tuning in and we will see you soon peace